Okay, so I'm glad you're here. Um, I realize Sukkot is upon us, and um, by the time it rolls around, I, I, I don't think we're going to have a chance to, to get a new talk in. So I thought I'd send you a short one out now. So here it goes. Uh, I saw something beautiful from Rabbi David Aaron, just a, kind of a general thought. I don't think he was referring to um, Sukkot in particular, but, but you can really apply it in that. And he was talking about how uh, a lot of the, the, the goal when people think about spirituality and things like that is to make take the material world and to spiritualize it. Um, so uh, a lot of the, the focus of Torah seems to be on that. So, for instance, we, we eat kosher. So what could be more material than food itself? And yet, by doing it in this holy way, um, we, 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 elevate, we elevate it. Uh, certainly doing business, there's so many complicated halachas uh, and, you know, sweeping uh, laws uh, under the category, it's called chosh and mishpat, which, which teaches us how to do business in an honest way. And so that's very important. And again, what could be more physical and material than, than money and business and things like that? And here you see we elevate it. Um, but... I'm just adding that, but just to complete Rabbi Aaron's thought right now, which is why I'm bringing it up, he says something super deep. He says that really, ultimately, the, the goal is, 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 is more than that even. It's not just to take the material world and to spiritualize it. It's to take the spiritual realm and materialize it. So, in other words, to take these very lofty ideas that we have, peace, love, um, friendship, um, closeness, all these wonderful things, and to make them real. So, so with that in mind, um, I just want to apply that to Sukkot, because Sukkot is, is all about taking just the, the incredible loftiness, the incredible yira, um, awareness of God, of, the, of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and, and we're making it real in the form of a sukkah, which is this, you know, I hate using the word hut, but <laughs> people seem to use it. So we're taking this, let's just say this very temporary structure. And, and by the way, according to Jewish law, it has to be temporary. If you build your sukkah like a, with bricks or something like that, it's not kosher. It has to, it has to be temporary. It has to be temporary. Something that reminds you of the, the fragility of life and, and the fact that it's, it's at least in a body, it's not forever. Um, so, so again, we're, we're, we're taking the spiritual and we're, make, we're making it material. So, so let me just go a little bit deeper into that idea. So I saw from the Chidush Arim something that I thought was really special. He takes a line from, from Shir Shirim from the Song of Songs. And it's talking about how, about the the Lebanon, the the mountains of Lebanon, and and the the rabbis see in the word Lebanon the word Levan, which means white and and means purity, there, and and he he draws on this, and you know just um, in the here and now, the there were a lot of snow capped mountains in in Lebanon, and that. That water um, eventually melts and it it runs into Israel and it it goes underground, but then it bubbles up again as a, as a spring. And so, so this this 
this the Chodushayrim sees as the transition from Yom Kippur, which is the, the white of the Lebanon mountains, right? That that stream flows into Israel and that becomes a bubbling spring and that's Sukkot. So, so what's the connection? The connection is that when you, when you walk into a sukkah, it's really like going into a mikvah. That I think, if I understand it correctly, is what the Chedush Rim is, is, is hinting toward. See, there are very few mitzvahs that you do with your entire body. Uh, probably the greatest, you know, clearest example would be going into a mikvah because you have to completely immerse yourself. But the amazing thing about a sukkah is you're, you're walking into this structure and your whole self is in it. So it's, it's very much like a, like a mikvah. It's really incredible. But what's more incredible about it is it's taking this spiritual lofty idea of, of purity. Of course, a mikvah purifies and, and Yom Kippur purifies. It's taking these very lofty ideas and all of a sudden they're becoming real. It's like... Wow, it's a sukkah. I can actually physically walk into it. So this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. You know, the, the Zohar talks about the the shade of a sukkah. Remember, a, a sukkah isn't kosher if more than half of it is in is in the sun. Right? The Mishnayas teaches us that that more than half of it has to be in the sun. So or it has to be in the shade rather. So it's not just you're walking into this very temporary structure. You're walking into this very shady temporary structure. And, and again, the Zohar refers to it as you sit or you dwell in the shade of faith. So, so I never really understood this phrase. It seems very poetic, the shade of faith, right? What does that mean exactly? And I just wanted to try to make it real, you know? Um, I personally love the shade. I'm not a big sun guy. I just, you know, it beats down on my head. You know, we just read Mafter Yona. Yona is loving the shade that that Kikion tree is giving him. And, and God says, do you, you love that shade more than the tens of thousands of people whose lives I just saved? So Yona is not in a great place, but you, you see that he really loved that shade. Okay. Well, anyway, just speaking for myself right now, I love shade too. There's often a breeze that comes with shade and um, shade is a really pleasant experience. You don't have shade at night, right? Because you don't need shade. Shade is only there when there's sun, okay? So here's the point. Shade offers relief. And you see, the point is the shade of faith. It's not just to have faith. It's that your faith should give you relief. Do you understand? See, a lot of people, they're like, oh, I have to have faith, oh, I have to have faith. And, and you see, like, their faith is being pulled out of them like a, like a, like a rotten tooth, right? It's like, it's like a very, just the act of trying to emanate trust is a very painful, effort-filled, um, you know, thing. But, but what, if, what if you're sitting in the shade of faith? What if you're just manifesting faith in a in a way that's just bringing such calmness to your life? So that's that's the sukkah. 
So the, the Chidush Harim brings that the Kutzker Rebbe said to one of his Hasidim right after Yom Kippur, you know how you feel right now? He said, you should feel like this the entire year. So that's the shade of faith. It's we reach this awareness that that really nothing nothing can touch us, that the only thing that exists in the world is God. And now we're just kind of sitting in this idea for seven days, sitting in the sukkah, realizing, wow, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real. And then that awareness becomes a shield. It becomes a level of protection that guards you the entire year. So, so this is what we have ahead of us. It's a beautiful, awesome thing. And, and remember, it's not just beautiful, awesome, right? We use these words a lot, but it's joyous because this is, this is what the rabbis tell us is Zman Simchasenu. This is the time of our joy. And what, what, what can give a person greater joy than to know that, that they're protected? Wherever they go, whatever they do, they're protected. And even if it doesn't work out the way we want to in the moment, we know, ah, that's, that was the best thing for me. I'm reminded of a story. It's going to sound a little crazy, but, you know, I was kind of dancing like crazy. It was Purim and it was a Suda and, you know, there was a lot of just merriment <laughs> going around. And I remember I jumped up and I spun around and I landed on my ankle. And I just, I hit the ground and it like, my ankle puffed up like a grapefruit in like, like minutes. And I remember I was in such a good place. It was one of the highest spiritual places I've ever been in my life. Because all I just remember was writhing on the ground, thanking God and saying, I didn't know I needed a broken foot at this moment. (laughs) You knew at this moment I needed to break my ankle. I didn't know. God, you're so great. It's so great that you knew that. I didn't know. And I was so happy. Um, It turns out it wasn't broken, but I was walking around on crutches for a while. But I, I just, I can't forget that moment of joy. And just because it was so clear to me at that moment that, okay, something didn't go my way. I I wasn't crazy. I I understood that this was not a great thing. But at the same time, I I knew that I was being guided and I was in God's hands. And that, that, that just made me so happy. So that's the shield. That's the shield of the sukkah. See, it's funny because on the one hand, the whole point of the sukkah is that you're, you're to look around and see that Really, you know, burglar alarms are an illusion. Four walls of a house, bricks, whatever it is, bank accounts, everything's an illusion. You know, it doesn't really give you protection. In the here and now, there's a logic to it, of course. But really, ultimately, it's it's only God. And then when you sit in this shaky hut and you realize it's only God, then you're really tapping into the true protection. You're really trapping into the true awareness that will allow you to travel through life, through all its ups and downs, and understand that you're safe, that you're safe. Okay, so I just want to throw in one more idea. Uh, I think I shared it actually on the the Yom Kippur talk, but but it's it's, it's really a sukkah thought. So Reb Shlomo said, 
If you want to know how much you were forgiven on Yom Kippur, the answer is, how at home do you feel in the sukkah? So the way I always like to explain it is, but I'm going to add a new thought. The way I always like to explain it is, you know, the sukkah is a divine hug because it surrounds you. And, you know, I think all of us have had the experience where we're hugged by someone that we're not crazy about and we're just waiting for the hug to end. So, but on the other side, what about a hug with someone who you care about? You never want it to end, right? So that's, that's up to us. How do we feel when we're sitting in the sukkah? How do we feel about this hug? So if you're, if you're loving the hug, that's a sign you are totally forgiven on Yom Kippur. If, if you're not so crazy about the hug, the relationship between us and God still needs to, ha- to be worked on. It still needs to be restored. Because that's the whole idea of Sukkot. The clouds of glory that left after the sin of the golden calf returned. Sukkot represents the restoration of relationship. But not just the restoration, in the deepest, most intimate way. Rabbi Aaron said so beautifully that Rosh Hashanah, God is King, Yom Kippur, we're being cleansed, it's God as our parent, and Sukkot, it's God as our lover. That's that's the whole Shira Shirim model. Um, and uh, and so, Shem should bless us, it should just be just a, a, a time when we realize in the deepest, deepest, deepest way that that all there is is God and that's the greatest news that we could ever hear.